Hello friends, it's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. The following is a conversation that I had with Pat Dobbs. Pat just moved to the island recently and is actually the sister of Nancy Green, who is an Island Health and Wellness Foundation board member and also a beloved community member. Pat is here today to talk with me about hearing loss. As usual, this is not intended to serve as any type of medical or healthcare advice. It's just for educational purposes, and we usually have a little fun along the way. So with that, welcome, Pat. In your own words, tell us who you are and tell us about your hearing loss. What an exciting topic, hearing loss. (laughs) So I am a hearing loss advocate. I do everything I can do to educate people about hearing loss and also to support them. I do it through workshops, through lectures. I coach people with hearing loss. One of my workshops is uh, facilitating hearing loss for people who have hearing loss and their communication partners, the people they talk to, uh, because they deal with their hearing loss as well. So a little bit about my hearing loss. Oh boy, what an exciting topic. So when I was about 19, I was very confused because people started to mumble and talk softly. I had no clue what was going on. Of course, I eventually figured out I had a hearing loss and I got my first pair of hearing aids when I was about 25. My hearing declined through the years And today I have two cochlea implants. Cochlea implants is something, it's a surgical procedure that you get when your hearing is so bad that hearing aids doesn't really help you out anymore. So that's my story. Well, I know you said that, or alluded to the fact that it wasn't exciting, but I am intrigued by this subject and by you as a person. So. Can you tell us how you came to terms with your hearing loss? So before I talk about that, I I think you've got to understand that for the majority of my life, I never told people I had a hearing loss. If I couldn't hear them, I was much more likely to bluff or pretend that I heard them than to say, you know, I have a hearing loss. Can you help me out? And my sick joke is that my favorite friend through those years was my hairdresser because she would just cover my hearing aids. She wouldn't ask me, she would just do it. I loved it. Okay, so at one point I had to come to terms with it and it happened by two separate episodes. The first one is at work, uh, I was in sales And I would have to go to the office once a week to make phone calls, to do paperwork, whatever. And I shared it with another rep. And of course, people were always coming in and out, which for a person with hearing loss means ambient noise. And ambient noise makes it harder to hear. So one day, my the person I share the office with listened to her messages on the speakerphone. And I said, you know what, would you mind listening to it on the handset rather than the speakerphone? Because I can't hear. Well, 
She was outraged. She cursed, she yelled, she screamed. She said, how dare you? And she said, I don't want you in this office anymore. The owner of the company came running in. What's wrong, what's wrong? She said, I can't stand her, get her out of this office. And he did. Now I should add that she was the girlfriend of the owner and he would do anything for her. But the bottom line is he unceremoniously marched me off to an empty office. The irony of it is I wanted that empty office the whole time because it was quiet. But did I say anything? No, not a word. So I was totally upset. I was totally freaked out. And I, but I knew I needed to do something with it. At about the same time, by accident, I heard a noted psychologist who was a pioneer in recognizing the, the effects of hearing loss on people. And he said, as matter of factly, as if he were saying, I'm gonna have breakfast, people with hearing loss bluff. They pretend they hear when they don't. And he talked about the negative ramifications on it. And I thought, this is me. And I thought, if I continue to bluff, and if I continue not to advocate for myself, I'm gonna to continue to have negative episodes like the one at work. And from there, I came out of my shell and now I can't stop talking about it. So here you go. I love that. And obviously the listeners can't see our faces right now, but my mouth was open during that story because I just felt <laughs> so much for how that must have, have felt to be marched into that office but then the end result was that it was kind of a blessing in disguise because you got the quiet that you needed um, to do your work. So thank you for being a pioneer in so many ways um, and being so self-aware that when you heard that statement about bluffing, you were able to say, wait, that's me and I need to do something. Now, hearing loss, and we, we throw around that term, it actually has a much more broad definition than just deafness. How would you define hearing loss? So it's really interesting. The term deaf refers to all hearing loss from mild to not being able to hear at all. So there's a million different rages um, and I could go through decibels, but I don't think you want to hear it, but <laughs> from mild to deaf. But here's the interesting thing. Deaf with a capital D refers to deaf culture. And deaf culture really talks about sign language and the, the, that culture recognizes sign language is the way to communicate. And they feel sorry for us who communicate verbally that we can't sign. And truthfully, I'm sorry too. I wish I knew sign language, but I don't. The other interesting thing is when I tell somebody that I have a hearing loss, they say, oh, well, we can accommodate you with a sign language interpreter. But the thing is, there's only two to 3% of the people 
that are deaf or have a hearing loss know how to sign. But this deaf community are amazing advocates. They are actually the people who are partially responsible for the ADA, the American Disabilities Act. They're very active as opposed to the people with hearing loss who are ashamed about it and barely even tell people about it. So there's deaf with a small D and there's deaf with a big D. Wow, I had no idea. And I, I understand what you're saying in the frame of reference that I'm thinking of in the state of Maine um, during the press conferences that have been being held by infection control over the course of the pandemic. We have um, an interpreter who has gained national recognition for the way that she um, uses sign language to communicate to the deaf community. Um, she does it with such passion and facial expressions and it's just amazing. And it has brought accolades from all over um, because she is just so good at it. Um, so that's- The truth is that people with, the, the, the rest of the people who don't sign wish there would be captions. Yes, and I didn't realize it was such a small percentage of people that actually use sign language. So that's, that's an interesting point too. Now, what do you wish, Pat, more people knew about how hearing loss affects friends and family? Oh. So people with hearing loss think that they're the only ones that are affected, but they're not. Whoever they communicate are affected too. Ask any spouse who's married to a person with hearing loss if they're affected and they will scream, yes, yes, yes. They can't talk from another room. They have to look the person in the face. They have to talk distinctly. If the person hasn't heard, do they repeat it? Uh, if they know they have misunderstood, do they correct it? I can go on and on and on, but the point is, they are affected too. And that's really one of the reasons why I do that workshop is to bring out the fact that both parties have a role and both parties are affected. And I, I think that's so true. Growing up, um, my dad primarily worked in the woods and he worked in the woods at a time when um, I think safety and things weren't as in the front of people's minds as they are now. So he never wore any kind of ear protection. And over the years, he developed significant hearing loss. And I can remember going to restaurants with him and the waitress would come over and she would offer, um, you know, he would order and she would offer what kind of potatoes with a meal or something like that. And he would always answer yes. And even if she had offered three different options. And so we kind of, would laugh and, and cover for him. But at the same time, um, it was such a, a glaring example that he was not hearing what was being said. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you'll, you'll see at family gatherings where there's a lot of crosstalk, you will see that person with hearing loss become very quiet and very still, they might even leave. You might think they're depressed. You might think what's going on, but they just haven't heard. So it, it affects everybody because they're wondering what's going on. Why is this? What can we do to help? 
Absolutely. Now, along those lines, um, what do you wish that healthcare providers knew uh, when dealing with a person that's experiencing hearing loss? (laughs) So I wish I could walk in the office and they say, oh, we know you have hearing loss. We're going to speak really clearly. We're going to take off our masks. That's what I wish. But that ain't going to (laughs) happen. So by law, the medical profession must provide effective communication. But the person with hearing loss has to express what effective communication is for them. So is it uh, when the doctor is typing on the computer and not looking at them, is that a problem? Do you need them to look at them? Is the mask a real problem? Um, and you can't hear because of the mask. Simple solutions could be simply that the doctor types the answers or their voice to text apps that they can use or their assistive listening devices that can help them. Or sometimes they need CART. They need somebody to write the words so they know what's being said or an interpreter, but if the party doesn't express what they need, what good is it? But I think they both want each other to hear. The doctor, the medical professionals want them to be able to hear too from from their own selfish point of view. Because let's say they say, take, I don't know, take two aspirins every night before you go to bed and they misunderstand and they think take two, whatever is very strong and gives them problems. The patient could sue them. Oh, this is what you told them. So it's really communications and it's the communications on both parties. I think, I think that's such an important point and it's something that we as patients um, need to remember that we are our own best advocate. Um, I know personally, I happen to get very nervous when I go to the doctor and I've learned over time that if I express that at the outset of the appointment, um, the doctor can handle things differently with me. Uh, For instance, I like to be told as we go along, you know, what he's seeing and what he's thinking as opposed to long periods of silence where my mind just kind of goes to the worst case scenario. Um, So I found that by expressing what I need up front, it really makes the entire appointment go smoother for both of us. And I retain more because I'm being, I'm being dealt with in a way that I can comprehend and that kind of overcomes my anxiety. So I, I can see where it would be the same with hearing loss. Now, you're new to this area and welcome to the island. We're so excited to have you. And I have to say again, how much we all love your sister. She's amazing. Um, And I know you're already in the process of reaching out to local audiologists. So those are our hearing doctors and you're planning to have an impact on hearing loss perceptions and services that we have available in this area. Talk to me about what your dream would be 
in terms of the work that you would like to accomplish here um, on Deer Isle Stonington? Uh, I love your question. Thank you. Yes. So I want to support, I want to start a support group for people with hearing loss. And of course, I don't know people who have hearing loss. Audiologists would know. So what my dream is that audiologists would help me advertise the support group. Um, in the past, when I lived in New Jersey, I started a support group from the largest self-help advocacy group, which is Hearing Loss Association of America. Now, I could start a chapter of that, or I could just get together, but I want people with hearing loss to get together, to be able to share. We know better than anybody what's going on. But I also would love to have the audiologist lecture us on different topics, audio rehab, assistive listening devices, different hearing aids, cochlear implants, whatever. So my wish is that audiologists help me spread the word to start a group, a nonprofit support group. That is amazing. I think there's so much power in connection and in people knowing that they're not alone and putting hints and information together uh, so that and have people take it in as a group and process it, I, I think that's incredible. So I'm so glad. And, and certainly any way that we can help you with that, we're available as a community. How can my listeners reach out to you to find out more about hearing loss resources or um, help in terms of a support group? How do they reach you? I love you for asking that question. <laughs> my email is hearing loss revolution at gmail.com. Perfect. And I am going to put that in the show notes so that people can easily access it. Hearing loss revolution at gmail.com. Now, and the phone number yes. is 973-479-8000. Perfect. And thank you for sharing that. I will also put that in the show notes in case people would prefer to reach out by phone. Now, or text. If, or text. Or texting. Yes. I always forget about that. Absolutely. Now, if there are hearing loss specialists or audiologists listening, how can they support your work? Uh, really, it's what I said before. Let people know that I'm starting a group for them and help me reach out to support to get to this group. I also do coaching for people with hearing loss just to help them come to terms with it. So just ask audiologists to help me start a group and to help people who need support, help ask them to come to me. Wonderful. Well, I, I can't stress enough what a gift your presence is to this community and I, I can't wait to talk with you again in six months, again in a year, and see where this is going. Because it definitely, hearing loss is a huge issue. And I know that there's people right now listening to this who are thinking either of a loved one or of themselves that they could benefit from some support. So um, let's, I, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm so excited to be 
here at the at the launch of it, so to speak, and we'll we'll keep monitoring it. Now I know you're busy. You're you're new on the island, and um, you're looking for a house right now. You have a lot of things going on, so I'm not going to keep you here all day. I also know that your dog is desperate for a walk today. Um, but I do want to ask you just one more question that we typically ask our guests um, before we let them go. And that is, what is helping you get through the pandemic right now? Oh, I love that question. So, I mean, there's certainly the isolation and, you know, not doing the social things that you've been doing for years. But specifically for people with hearing loss, the big buzz is we hate the masks because we can't lip read. And so the deal is the masks, I don't think are gonna go away tomorrow. So the beauty is there are so many things out there to help us. So the first thing is you can get clear masks. Uh, Safeandclear.com sells really good clear masks. But also there are apps on your phone that converts voice to text, like Otter. O-T-T-E-R is a free app that converts voice to text. And there are really quite a few other ones. Uh, Zoom is great because you can see the facial expression, but if you can't hear, you don't see the words. But Google Meet, which is part of G Suites, gives free captions. And because of the advocacy work of people with hearing loss, they're doing it for free. So Google Meet is an online, like Zoom, but it gives free captions. So I gotta tell you, people with hearing loss are lucky that the pandemic is happening today and not years ago. Oh, I should also add, there's assistive listening devices that are available. Um, and assistive listening devices are devices that amplify hearing aids. So there are situations that it's difficult to hear for people with hearing loss and people with normal hearing. One is ambient noise, so other people talking, chairs moving in and out, dogs barking, that's hard. Distance, you know, the further away you are, the harder it is to hear and reverberation. And that's where these assistive listening devices really help. One of them is a pocket talker, which uh, I can give more information to you if you contact me. They're inexpensive and they work with hearing aids or without them. So no, it's, it's not fun. We hate the mask, but there's so many tools out there to help us. We're lucky it's happening today rather than 10, 20 years ago. I just love your positivity so much. I could talk to you all day. I'm going to put that information in the show notes. Again, um, people are welcome to reach out to Pat directly to get more information. Um, she would love to talk to any of you. And she is an absolute gem to talk to. I've already, um, full disclosure, kept her on the phone a half an hour before we even started recording, <laughs> um, just talking to her about everything in general. Um, so Pat, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today and good luck with all of, all of your endeavors. 
I have one correction to make, and that yes. is on my email. Yes, go for it. This is the time. It's hearing loss evolution at gmail.com. I just scratched the R out of my notes, and it is hearing loss evolution at gmail.com. And we'll put that right in the show notes. Thanks so much, Pat. Thank you, Anne. I love you.